Welcome to the Tribal Podcast. We believe that true deep learning happens when you understand, remember, and deliberately practice your newly acquired knowledge. This podcast covers the first part, understand. So together, let's get the key takeaways from this book, Understood. Most of us have had the pleasure of either owning or encountering a friendly dog. As soon as they see us, they become ecstatic, jumping up and down, or tail is wagging, panting with excitement. Their attention is on us and we're the most interesting thing in the world to them for that moment. Dale Carnegie believes that dogs inadvertently teach us a lot about making people like us. Dogs show interest in us and we immediately like them. The same can be applied to people. By showing genuine interest in other people, we become instantly more likable. You don't need to be interesting to other people, you need to be interested in them. And this is the first way that we can make people like us. Showing interest in others is particularly important for creating customer loyalty. And Dale Carnegie describes how a salesman called Edward Sykes from Johnson & Johnson inadvertently used this technique to save himself from losing an account. When Edward called to one of his regular pharmacies for their orders, he would chat to the soda boy and the young sales clerk before talking to the owner. And this day was no different except the owner said he would not be placing an order. The owner was complaining that Johnson & Johnson were supporting larger stores to the detriment of a smaller pharmacy. Feeling defeated, Edward left, but then decided to return and tried to reason with the owner. As soon as the owner saw Edward, he doubled his usual order, and Edward was taken back. The owner explained that the soda boy had told him that Edward was one of the few people who bothered to show any interest in him by taking the time to chat and that Edward deserved their business, and the owner agreed. People are vital to the success of any business, both employees and customers. And the next time you're networking for work, make an effort to get to know the people. Don't ask questions for the sake of it. Be genuinely curious and interested in getting to know the other person. Ask them a question about themselves that you genuinely want to know the answer to. The second thing then is to smile. If you've ever been stuck in a waiting room getting more and more frustrated and bored by the minute, you look up and a baby is smiling at you from across the room. What do you do? You smile back. Carnegie recognizes the power of a smile. It immediately communicates to the other person that you like them, that they make you happy and you are glad to see them. Smiling can influence a person's decisions. A computer department manager needed to recruit a PhD in computer science and he found the perfect candidate, but he was being headhunted by big companies offering larger salaries. And to the manager's delight and surprise, the candidate accepted a job. The candidate said that the manager's demeanor was the deciding factor. He sounded genuinely happy to hear from the candidate and sounded enthusiastic about hiring them. The other company sounded cold and formal. So Carnegie challenges his students in the book, he talks about this, to smile at least at, at, at least one person every hour and see what happens. So why not try it out? What if you don't feel particularly happy though? Smile anyway and try and perk yourself up by humming or whistling. Although this might seem a bit far-fetched, psychologists have found that the action and feeling are inextricably linked. So while we can't control our feelings, by controlling our actions, we can indirectly control our feelings. Really, that's down to what they call uh, physiology. Physiology is that, you know, this idea that if you stand in a, in a power pose like, like uh, Superman or something, then it's almost like it, it has a rev- a uh, reverse engineered effect that actually improves your, your mood or improves your 
your attitude or your confidence. That's ultimately what he's talking about there, that the actions that you take can influence your feelings. The next thing then is to remember their name. Remembering somebody's name and using it when talking to them seems simple, but it has a really profound effect. Our names are important to us, and when people remember them, it shows that they respect and value us. Just think of the opposite feeling when someone calls you by the wrong name. It feels really humiliating. Remembering names is vital to providing good customer service as well. And Dale Carnegie recalls a flight attendant who made the effort to learn the names of her passengers and to use their names when she served them. She received praise from the passengers and many contacted the airline with glowing reviews of their personalised airline. The chairman of a Texas Commerce Bank shares put it perfectly when he said, the executive who tells me he can't remember names is at the same time telling me he can't remember a significant part of his business. Remembering names might seem like hard work, but it pays off. Napoleon, who's the third emperor of France, realized the importance of remembering names and developed his own technique. Make sure, first of all, that you catch the person's name. If you missed it, don't be afraid to ask for the name again, or if it's an unusual name, ask the person to spell it. Repeat the name frequently during the conversation so it begins to stick in your mind, and try to associate the name with the person's facial features, expressions, and appearance. If the person is particularly important, after speaking to them, write down the name and look at the piece of paper while visualizing the person. The next thing then is to make sure that you actually listen. So what do you think it is that makes an excellent conversationalist? Do they have the ability to captivate their audience? Are they an excellent storyteller? Are they experts at making people laugh? And according to Carnegie, it's none of these. In fact, the best conversationalists speak very little. Instead, they actively listen and ask the person questions. People enjoy this kind of conversation because they've done all the talking. The focus of attention is completely on them and they feel important. But active listening is essential when dealing with customer complaints as well, no matter how irritated we may become. Carnegie gives an example of a particularly awkward customer that the New York telephone company had to deal with. The customer was refusing to pay charges that they felt were incorrect. He wrote to the newspapers, filed complaints with the public service commissioner and was threatening to sue the company. One of the most skilled customer service representatives was put on the case. They listened and sympathised with every single one of the customer's complaints on four separate calls that lasted about three hours. By the fourth interview, the initial issue was forgotten and the customer paid his charges and withdrew all complaints. The customer's initial complaint happened because he wanted to feel important. The customer representative made him feel important by simply listening and sympathising. And like magic, the customer's complaint just disappeared. So when you're talking to others, listen more than you speak. People prefer good listeners to good talkers because they get to talk the most uh, about the most interesting thing that they can think of, which is, of course, themselves. It's everyone's favorite topic is themselves. But here's some tips. Don't interrupt. Don't zone out. Do show genuine interest and do ask follow-up questions. You have to remember as well to talk about their interests. Carnegie says that the royal road to a person's heart is to talk about things they treasure most. It has a powerful influence on how other people view us and the decisions that they make. Take, for example, the baker who was trying for four years to sell bread to a New York hotel. He tried everything but couldn't make any progress with the hotel manager. The baker found out that the manager was president of the Hotel Greeters of America. The next time the baker saw the manager, he started asking about the greeters. And the manager was immediately animated and talked about the greeters for half an hour. The next day, the baker got a call to come over to the hotel with samples and prices. 
When President Roosevelt was expecting a visitor, he always read up on their interests. No matter what subject the visitor was interested in, Roosevelt would educate himself on the topic. This meant he could hold a conversation easily with the person. You don't have to become an expert in the person's interests like Roosevelt. You can let the person teach you about their interests by asking them questions. So is there a colleague at work that you could get to know better? Is there somebody you could ask those kinds of questions to? The next thing Carnegie says is that you need to make them feel important. Carnegie believes that making someone feel important should be done out of altruism. For the feeling we get when we help brighten up someone's day, we don't always have to be trying to get something out of the other person, but sometimes taking a sincere interest can have unintended positive results. A landscaper was working at the estate of a famous attorney and commented on the lovely dogs the attorney had. The attorney went on to tell him that he showed the dogs the competitions and invited the landscaper to look at the kennels. The attorney spent an hour talking to the landscaper about the different pedigrees of dogs. At the end of the conversation, the attorney gave the landscaper a puppy for his son to have and even wrote out detailed instructions on how to care for it. And the landscaper wasn't motivated by getting a puppy when he showed genuine interest in the attorney's hobby. The attorney was just showing gratitude uh, for the landscaper taking an interest in something that was important to him. It was a win-win for everybody. So take the time to show sincere interest in other people because it makes them feel important. It doesn't always have to be motivated by wanting something from them. Sometimes it's simply nice to be nice. So the next time you have an opportunity to show genuine interest in somebody without an ulterior motive, take it. So there's six ways to make people like you. First, show genuine interest in other people. You don't need to be interesting to other people. You need to be interested in them. Next thing, smile. It communicates to the other person that you like them. They make you happy and you're glad to see them. Three, remember their name. Our names are important to us. And when people remember them, it shows us that they respect and value us. Four, listen more than you speak. The best conversationalists speak very little. Instead, they actively listen and ask the person questions. Five, talk about their interests. Let the person teach you about their interests by asking them questions. And six, make them feel important. Take the time to show sincere interest in other people because it makes them feel important. Hey, before you go, just a quick message about Tribal and what we're all about. We believe that true learning happens when you understand, remember, and deliberately practice your newly acquired knowledge. And this podcast just covered the first part. You now understand the key takeaways from this book. To help you remember them, we will send you three interactive summaries that accompany this episode to empower you to remember those key takeaways at the moment of truth. And then to really embed the knowledge from this episode, you can use the dedicated digital action log to set a time and a date to go out into the big bad world and deliberately practice the key takeaways. For all of this, and for all of our podcast episodes, head over to mytribal.com. Until next time.